Welcome to the Legends of Lanamora podcast. I'm your dungeon master, Nathan. These next 60 or 70 episodes uh, that you're about to go on a grand adventure on, we were called the Village Idiots podcast. So things might be a little different than uh, when we recorded as the Legends of Lanamora podcast. Just know that we are still the same lovable cast of characters. So on Twitter, you can find us at Lanamora Pod. And you can find our website at novistudio.io. So we hope you enjoy. And well, uh, bye. Welcome to the Village Idiots Podcast. I'm your DM, Nathan. With me tonight, I have Nicole. Hi. Justin. Hello. Emily. Hello. And Jordan. Hey. We are a D&D 5th edition actual play podcast, and we are very excited to bring you tonight our first episode. If you want to get a more in-depth overview of uh, who we are, and a more in-depth look of our characters. We did release a Session Zero, so go on back and give a listen to that if you so choose. But before we hop into our episode tonight, we are going to give a brief rundown of everyone's characters, and we are going to start with Nicole. Hey guys, I'm Nicole, and I play Scarlet, also known as Scar. I am a level one tiefling fighter with a soldier background. I am a copper mantle with a specificity of enforcer. That's my job in the copper mantles. I'm an enforcer. My favorite weapon is my warhammer. And yeah, I'm the tank. (laughs) Sweet. If you want to learn more about the copper mantles, listen to that aforementioned episode zero. But now we're going to go to Emily. You want to tell us about your character? I am playing Drusilla. She goes by Drew. It has nothing to do with Buffy. I'm very sorry to everybody. She is a first level Eldrin cleric. She is a grave domain cleric. So she does gross necromantic spells. She is an Eldrin. She's a summer Eldrin. That means that she is a, it's a subset of elf she aligns herself with the seasons. She is uh, aligned with summer, which means she has a hot temper, golden skin, and uh, she also has white hair and green eyes. Very cool. Next, we have Agamir. Jordan, you want to tell us about Agamir? All right. Hi. Yeah, love to. So I'm playing Agamir. He's a first level half orc. Rogue, the sailor background. He will eventually be a swashbuckler once we get there. But he um, he was schooled in the naval arts at Harbor Coast Nautical Academy on Olari. He is been the first mate on his first ship, the Amethyst Wish, for several years now, but is ultimately seeking a more profitable venture. He ranks second in his class at the academy, losing out to his best friend and rival. 
and he's dreaming of independence and owning his own ship to just sail the open seas as he sees fit. So, but yeah, that's Agamir. Awesome. And last but not least, we have Safina. Justin, you want to tell us about Safina? My name is Justin. I play Safina Thornburn. She is a 20-year-old halfling girl, a level one gunsmith artificer. She is four foot nothing, has short shoulder length-ish red hair, stunning blue eyes, and is on the lam from her family's estate. She uh, went missing and she has missing posters all over Alari from her father trying to locate her. Very cool. So we're going to do something a little different. We're not going to start this adventure in a tavern. We're actually going to uh, split the party. So I hope you all enjoy this adventure. Thanks for joining us and hope you enjoy. Here we go. Our story begins on the streets of Ilar's birth with two copper mantles and a mercenary chasing a fugitive. You all are running. You are chasing after a fugitive. And you are being led by your... Kind of your boss right now. Uh, He's a copper mantle. He is a silver dragonborn named Urzek Brightscale. He actually comes from the same precinct that uh, Scar is from. That is F-E-04 for the fourth precinct of fellows. Uh, But he works in a different division than you. He had just heard of one of your most recent collars. So yeah, Scar is also a copper mantle. So he heard of one of your most recent collars and he was impressed. So he sought you out for this mission. Ah. So your mission right now is that you are searching for, uh, you, you're investigating a rumor about undead being sighted in the catacombs beneath Ilar's birth, the oldest burrow of Ilari. So you have been recruited by Urzek Brightscale to come along on this journey. On the way to Ilar's birth from Fellows, he got intel that indicated that he did not have enough manpower for this mission. So that is where, when he recruited or hired Agamir to um, come along as well. So Urzek hired you. He saw one of your flyers and uh, (laughs) sought you out. Nice. So he is, he has recruited you to help. So you are all chasing after a halfling currently. You spotted her in the crowd and she saw your, the bright copper and scarlet of your, uniforms and she went off running uh and she went down into the catacombs actually oh (laughs) okay so everyone roll roll an athletics for me please athletics plus four it's unnatural 20 i crit myself (laughs) (laughs) oh no first roll of the podcast Ah, uh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> gosh. I got to get rid of this die. So <laughs> you all are doing pretty good. It looks like you're catching up with her. She, because she's so short, she, um, you know, doesn't, she can't run very fast for you. Um, you know, medium sized humanoids. So Scar almost catches up with her. And then Agamir trips 
and tumbles into Scar. <laughs> Great. And Thanks. you all, uh, she gets away from you and she turns a corner uh, and you're not quite sure where she's gone. Oh, no. Oh, no. Good job, Agamir. Clumsy half orc. <laughs> <laughs> so I haven't got my land legs back yet. <laughs> All right, well, I guess I get myself up and dust myself off and... Meanwhile, in the catacombs beneath Ilar's birth. So I would imagine I'm running through the catacombs and sneaking around trying to get out of their field of view. Yes. So you you went running for quite some time and you no longer hear anyone following behind you. You managed, it seems, to evade the copper mantles that were pursuing you and you find yourself in a 20 foot wide hallway. It extends before you 60 feet in front of you. And then it makes a a bend to your left. Okay. And um, I'm also going to assume that I didn't take directions when I ran in here and through all the catacombs. So I'm going to walk forward and make the left. Okay. You pass a number of interment chambers with various sarcophagi and coffins, stone caskets and the like. And you make your left. And as you turn the corner, you see a curtain standing in front of a hallway. What kind of curtain? It appears to be a normal uh, kind of a thick fabric curtain. As in like hung from the ceiling down to the floor kind of curtain? Yes. As if to hide something behind it. Okay. Being a little freaked out from the sarcophagi and all the dead bodies and bones probably sticking out of the walls. I am going to see if I can hear anything behind the curtain. Okay. Are you pressing your ear up against the curtain or touching it at all? Press my ear up against it. Okay. As you press your ear up against the curtain, you... uh... Feel a sensation that you weren't expecting. It feels more like a solid object than a fabric curtain. Almost like you're pressing your ear up against a door rather than fabric. You can't hear anything on the other side. Okay, I try and push on it just ever so slightly to see if it'll give way. Roll me a strength check, please. Oh, if there's one thing Safina is not good at, it is a strength. She's small. She's like that gif of Eric Andre. Let me in, let me in. (laughs) She rolls a three. Okay, you push on the curtain and it does not give at all. It does not act like any fabric you've seen before. Can I roll an arcana? Sure. Let's see, arcana, arcana. That's a 12. Okay, you believe that this curtain has been magically fortified by some sort of potion. Does it have any kind of openings to the side of it? I'd imagine it's not exactly flat against the wall, right? It's folded in such a way that it pushes up against both walls. Someone took, or appears to have taken great care in making sure that there was nothing visible on the other side. Interesting. Uh... (laughs) I'm going to be bold and I'm going to knock. Okay. Uh, Drew, you hear a knock on your curtain. <laughs> I'm very concerned. Uh, I get up and I put my hand on my dagger and walked to the curtain. 
and put my hand on it and bling it open. And I say, get out of my swamp. I'm kidding. <laughs> I say, <laughs> I fling it open and I go, what do you want? Whoa, whoa, whoa. I throw my hands back. I throw my hands back and I'm like, I could use I could use some help. I'm lost and I was I was running away from guards and I found myself here and I don't know where I am. Can you help me? I look at her very skeptically. Um Come on, she's cute. She's a four foot halfling. Yeah, I don't trust anybody though. <laughs> so I look at her very skeptically and uh I ask her, I look at, I kind of walk around the other side of her to make sure, I mean, obviously she's got this big ass gun, but (laughs) just make sure she's not like followed. Like I'm kind of looking around the other like corner to see, and I walk back and I go, uh, running. What were you running from? Well, I was running from the guards. They, they found my posters up in town and they were chasing me down into the catacombs to try and nab me and bring me back to my uh to my family's estate but i don't want to go back there i'm kind of on an adventure drew like walks over and she kind of motions for saf to come in and sit down in her very creepy apartment it's like a goth girl's dream to live in a catacomb like it is perfectly set up like there's rugs on the floor but it's still like creepy it's decorated like it's a catacomb there are candles everywhere Saf is definitely out of place in this goth queen dungeon yeah she is certainly freaking out on the inside a little bit yes she waves her forward and uh when Saf comes through drew like rearranges the curtain so that it's pushed up against the sides again and motions for Saf to come sit down on the carpet. Okay. Saf, in a very anime style, kind of flips her gun around and sits uh, sits down on the carpet. Nice. Um, I would assume Drew has some kind of, like, gross tea <laughs> that she offers. <laughs> She's a cleric, so I'm assuming it actually is healthy, but it's very, like, it's, like, made from mugwort or whatever. It's gross. Um... <laughs> I don't even know what that is. <laughs> that's a real life thing, not a D&D thing. <laughs> oh, that sounds um, But it's made with something that's good for you, but tastes terrible and smells bad. But she hands a cup of it to Saf anyway and sits down in front of her and is like, so uh, why are you on the run? What's wrong with your family? Dad has a drinking problem? Not exactly. And Saf goes to take a little sip of the tea and... As soon as it touches her lips, she's immediately disgusted, but doesn't want to spit it up or drop the cup. So she just kind of grins and bears it um, and swallows um, reluctantly. (laughs) Such as all healthy things, they taste gross. Yep. So I ran away from home because I am trying to find my grandfather. He went on an expedition. And this was like years ago. He went on an expedition and he never came back. And my dad just kind of didn't want me to have the same fate as him. But my dad's a coward. So 
I'm just trying to find my grandfather because I love and miss him so much. Wow, it's a lot, kid. Um, so what do you need from me? Are you just looking for some place to hide or? Yeah, um, I didn't exactly mean to stumble across your home and I'm sorry that I intruded. But um, if you don't mind, I, can I wait out the guards for a little while longer? Drew kind of stands up and walks back over to where all of her books are sitting in like kind of a semicircle on the floor. And she sits down in the middle of them and she's like, sure, knock yourself out. But you have to finish your tea. It may taste terrible, but it's good for you. Safina grins. She like glares at you like finish your tea. (laughs) Safina grins and goes to try and take another sip. (laughs) She fails. Back at the entrance of the catacombs, Urzek looks at you and he says, Oh, that's okay. We'll we'll catch up with her again. This isn't really our assignment anyway, so it's uh, quite fortuitous that she brought us down here to these catacombs. We might as well start investigating this talk of undead, huh? Yeah. Hopefully we can catch back up with her and kill two birds with one stone then. No, we we, we wouldn't kill her. She's... She's been reported missing, so we'll we'll return her. I I was speaking in uh, not literal terms. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay, good. I sometimes those colloquialisms are lost on me. <laughs> Clearly. So Urzek kinda leads the way from here. He makes a few turns. He's kind of searching, kind of idly checking where the footprints went, but then he loses track of them. So you all continue along this passage. So the catacombs themselves are pretty labyrinthine, and every once in a while an offshoot goes off into a little alcove, and there are, you know, it's like a family's internment chambers where, you know, the whole family would be laid to rest. So, yeah, that's what you all are doing. You all are going along. Is there anything that that any of you want to do, want to talk about? So we're in the catacombs and we're basically just investigating this talk of undead is what you said, right? Yes. I kind of, I kind of nudge, nudge Scar and I'm kind of, I'm like, I'm here for the coin, but I have, have you ever seen undead yourself? Uh, not uh ever no <laughs> um it's one of the things that i have not had the pleasure of coming across yet i've seen some crazy things on this uh on this continent of alari but never an undead uh it's not uncommon to not have seen undead since they don't exist says urzek <laughs> matter okay. of factly so is it one of those you'll know it when you see it things <laughs> I wouldn't know. I haven't seen. I, I'm I'm guessing we'll yeah, I'm guessing we'll know when we see it for sure. But uh We're here to investigate some some of the architects that live above say there have been some strange goings on, so it's our job to figure out what's happening. Alright. You're you're a matter of fact kind of guy, aren't you, Zach? <laughs> I like to keep things by the book. Get the job done. It's the only way you're gonna become golden mantle, right? Yeah, so, I mean, I'm in. Whatever we got to do, we got to do what we got to do, you know, so. Oh, you're you're going for gold? Yeah, 
Nice. Okay. I never was. Uh, yeah, I never did drive for any of that mantle stuff you guys are all about. But I, yeah, never turned down good coin. A different type of gold. Yeah, can't fault you for that. I just uh, joined the mantles because they need, you know, they needed my particular skill set, which is kicking ass and taking names. <laughs> I was going to say, beating, th- beating things up, I'm sure. Yes. Get a lot of that done as an enforcer for the uh, mantles. So. Yeah, you, you seem you seem pretty pretty capable. I wouldn't have minded having you in my last uh, bar fight. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure we'll probably encounter a few of those along the way. Who knows? At this point, Urzek goes, shh, 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 shh. I think I hear something. And he draws his longsword. Uh, can I roll for perception? Sure. See if I hear what he hears. I slowly draw my rapier. <laughs> That's a five. <laughs> okay, you can't hear anything. Of I rolled a 19 for perception. Okay, you aren't quite sure if it's the wind, but you think that you hear something in the corridor ahead of you. In front of you, the corridor extends 60 feet, and then it turns off to the left. Well, I guess I'm going to draw my warhammer, my weapon of choice. Okay. I walk up to Urzek, and I just kind of say, did you hear that? Yes. Yes. We should use caution. And so you all slowly creep your way down the corridor. You turn the bend, and there's nothing in front of you, but more of these alcoves for where the dead are interred. There are sarcophagi and stone caskets and that kind of thing. To your left, you see a what appears to be a curtain blocking off one of these alcoves. Back in Drew's, for lack of a better word, apartment, at this moment, you hear some shouting coming from the catacomb hallway. I knew this wasn't just a tea party. Um, she, <laughs> that's me, not character. Drusilla or Drew kind of stands up and she grabs her dagger and puts it back in her holster and kind of uh, runs to the door to see if she can hear what's going on on the outside. Okay. Roll me a perception check, please. Okay. 21. Okay. Sounds like there are people outside of the hallway they're coming closer to your little nook and it seems like they're searching for something i turn around and i look at saf and i say i point to a rug that's on like the furthest corner of the room and i'm like quick move that rug there's a trap door under it we gotta go we we gotta go right now right now right now get your big old gun up let's go she picks up her big old gun you wanted an adventure we got one why why are you running because they found my home. Go. I'm like throwing books into bags. I'm throwing like anything that kind of looks creepy and weird. I'm like throwing it into my bag because I don't want them to find out that I've been living down here. Are you blowing out the candles? Yes. <laughs> we practice fire safety on this podcast. Yeah, only you can prevent catacomb arson. <laughs> I blow out the candles. I take everything that could possibly look like it. Like it's for you know necromancy and i throw it in a bag of holding that i've got and i'm pushing saf towards the trap door are you taking all the books or just some of them anything that's got anything regarding necromancy i'm throwing it all in there 
any personal effects. I don't have many, but like anything personal, like any kind of like diary or certain clothes and stuff, I'm throwing those in, in there as well. Okay. Got to be able to make a quick getaway. And I would assume I would be good at doing this at this point. Seth is already down the trapdoor. Yeah. And I'm right behind her. I'm pushing her along. Okay. You open up the trapdoor and it looks to be a, it is tight quarters. So it was a, a tightly dug tunnel that goes down five feet into the ground. It gently curves about 10 feet and then it moves forward about 20 feet. And you find a, since Saf is first, she finds that there appears to be a dead end at the other side. However, Drew pushes past and reveals that it is a hidden door. Oh. So are you going to just bust out of it or are you going to peep out and see what's going on? Uh, peep out and see what's going on. Okay, you roll me a stealth, please. 15. Okay, you open up the, the trap door and you look down the hallway and you see there appears to be two copper mantles and uh, someone in street clothes ahead of you. It appears that there is a tiefling, a dragonborn, and a half-orc. The half-orc is the one in street clothes. Okay. They all have their weapons drawn. Facing where? Facing me? No, no. They're walking down the hallway away from you. They're turning the bend uh, to get to your little alcove. Okay, got it. All right, so I grab Saf's hand and we book it out to the other direction. Did you recover the trap door on your way out? Yes. Okay. Just around the bend, the mantles find a suspicious curtain. I'm going to go and, uh, I guess, very stealthily investigate this curtain. All right. Uh, I will watch. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That is a... That's a 16 to stealth. Okay. Are you pressing your ear up against the curtain or trying to push it aside? I mean, I'm going to try to, like, kind of peek into it, I guess. Like, peer. Just pull a little bit aside. Okay. When you go to put your hand up on the curtain and move it, it stays firm. It doesn't move. It's as if you're trying to move a door and not a piece of fabric. Interesting. Okay, so uh, what's Urzak and... uh, So Urzak... This curtain appears to not be made of cloth. I'm going to wager a guess and say that this might be pieced together by some sort of magic. Hmm. Um, What do you think we should do about that? Well, you may be right. He inspects it a little bit. He takes a close look and says, It appears to be some magic that I've not heard of. We could try and force our way through. Uh, all right. I mean, I can just, I'm going to take a s- swipe at it with my, uh, with my Warhammer, I guess. Roll me an attack on this curtain with your Warhammer. That's, that's a natural 20. Okay. Well, let's roll for damage. <laughs> okay. Four. Four damage total? Plus yes. your, uh, strength oh, modifier? Uh, plus. Two, so six altogether. And that was two damage die? 
since you yeah you created a oh yeah so was that your first role of the of the podcast too or mm, well no, no i mean i've rolled a few times but did the that was, yeah um so that's another plus seven Okay, so seven plus the six. So thirteen altogether. Thirteen. Okay, so you take your warhammer out and you wind up with a big old swing. Your warhammer strikes against the fabric for a split second. It looks like it's not going to break through, and then all of a sudden, whatever magic was holding it in place seems to shatter, like if there was a thin sheen of ice on something and you hit it and it just shattered off. Nice. That kind of effect happens, and the curtain falls to the ground. Ooh, okay. And so you look inside, and there is another one of these alcoves, just identical to all the rest, except for the fact that there are rugs covering the floor. And looking inside the internment chambers, there are no sarcophagi or caskets. In one, there's a bed. There are some random books on in one of them. One of them appears to be some sort of desk. And there are just a bunch of candles sitting around. They are not lit. Okay, guys, so it appears that someone lives here. While the guards are distracted, the fugitives make a run for it. So you are booking it in the opposite direction. The catacombs open up to the left and to the right. And there are a number of other alcoves on either side. So are you trying to just dash away for a second and kind of hunker down? I'm trying to get up to... The surface. I was just trying to get out of the catacombs at this point. Okay. So do you take the left or the right? I feel like Drew would know her way out of the catacombs. She lives there. So <laughs> which way's out? Left or right? Okay. You go to the right, which is the way out. <laughs> Good. That's how you manhandle your DM. <laughs> <laughs> Player knowledge versus character knowledge. Right? My character would know. So you all are heading out. And you're trying to go stealthily, correct? Yeah. Can you both roll me a stealth check, please? 16. 18. Okay. You are out of the catacombs, and you find yourself in an alley in Ilar's Birth. Ilar's Birth is the oldest borough of Ilari, the city continent. So there's a lot of uh, rough-hewn stone buildings. Looks very ancient. It's millennia old, and there is not a lot of activity here. The architects live in Ilar's birth, and they kind of keep to themselves. They keep to their their drafting houses uh, where they come up with plans for city projects and things of that nature. Yeah, so there's really not much going on on the streets. So do you have a particular direction you'd like to try and go? Somewhere you want to try and get to? Um, a secondary location, secondary location. I'm trying to think where I would take her unless she knows somewhere she wants to be. Not really knowing the area too well. I feel like I would have come to this city. You said it's full of architects, so they have, they know what's going on in the world. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like maybe there's something that can lead me to understand where, my grandfather left too. So maybe like a library or something? Mm-hmm. Uh, or maybe he had old friends here? Yeah, I feel like I wouldn't take you to a library though. Um, 
Quick question. Is there a place that like generally people of ill repute go that cops don't go in this area? There is. I don't mean to be derivative, but yo, this town got a tavern? (laughs) I was just about to say. (laughs) I said we weren't going to do a tavern. (laughs) Nobody asks questions at a tavern. Listen. What What time of day is it, by the way? It is sunset dusk time. Sunset dusk time. I feel like we should find the nearest abandoned apartment and kind of try and sneak into it or break into it. So where you are in Ilar's birth, you're on the uh, northern section of the borough. If you were to go south, you would find yourself at the Grotti Network, which is the teleportation hub. But that is up on a plateau. So if you go north, there are docks, which could take you towards Lux, which is the high class area. Ooh, don't want to go there. Opposite of that. (laughs) I don't want to be there at all. Yeah. And you know, to the west lies the Circle of All, so the Druids and a lot of forested regions. But it is a ways away. I'm thinking story-wise, I've just dragged this half-elf out of a secret passageway. Sorry, halfling out of a secret passageway. And I feel like I would take her someplace safe because we are now both on the run. And being on the run for a long time, I feel like I would know someplace to go. Do I have like a backup hideaway? I feel like I would. You probably would. So there is a little (laughs) park that has like your rainy day stash, I guess, where you keep backup supplies that you might need and all that kind of stuff. It's kind of hidden away in some loose stones of one of the older buildings. Yeah, that seems fair. In like a basement area. Okay, I take her there. So you have to go through the park, you go through the the woods, and you find yourself in your backup hideaway. The investigation of this strange apartment continues with the mantles and the mercenary. Uh, It looks like to be like a little makeshift home going on in one of these uh, alcoves here. So, I mean, my best guess would be that all this talk of undead... We might have uh, some kind of magic user on our hands that is maybe messing with some of these sarcophagi down here in the catacomb. Can I check to see if the candles are warm? Maybe they were, maybe the person's not too far away, like they just left or they were here not too long ago. Yes, you can check. Would that be investigation, I guess? Um, Yes. 14. You look at the candles, and there is still melted wax in them. Oh, okay. They are still warm. There is still melted wax. So someone was here recently. Oh. Very recently. Strange uh, choice in accommodations. Rent must be cheap. (laughs) 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 This person's Uh, obviously trying to hide from something because... No one's going to live down here unless they're on the run or they're, you know, just not wanting to be found for some reason. So this is very important. I think you're right, Scar. 
I just don't know where we should go from here. If there's some kind of like maybe trail of like footprints or is there any, maybe we can check to see if there's any sort of idea of where they, this person went. Uh, you can do some further investigation of the room. I'd like to roll an investigation. I'll, I'll take a look around. Okay. Uh, while you all are investigating, Urzek is looking at some of the books that are on the bookshelf or book alcove. My investigation is in 18. Was, uh, Nicole, were you investigating as well? Oh, yeah, or 12. No? Sorry. <laughs> oh, okay. So Scar doesn't find anything out of the ordinary besides the recently lit candles. However, Agamir moves aside one of the rugs on the ground, and it appears there is a trap door in the ground. Cool. How fun. <laughs> so I have thieves' tools in uh-huh. case it's locked. Is it locked? You haven't tried it. I haven't tried it yet. I kind of <laughs> I kind of lift my head and say, hey guys, check this out. Um, and I, I would like to try and open it. Okay. Oh, good find, good find. All right. Uh, you can try and open it. All right. Kind of look up and I'm like, this is why you hired me. And then I, <laughs> I pull as, I pull moderately, moderately hard. Okay. Uh, roll me a strength check. Just because it'll be funny if you crit yourself again. <laughs> why, why did I do this? Uh, oh, thank goodness. It's an eight. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you... Uh, <laughs> You pull that door right open. It almost comes off the hinges. It was kind of a feeble trap door. (laughs) You stand over it triumphantly. Huh? Yeah. It looks like there is a dirt tunnel that goes under the ground. It goes down about, it's about five feet wide. It's towards the back of this alcove and it goes from where you're standing. It looks like it branches off to the left. This is interesting. Everything to the left. To the left, to the left. Everything you own in a box to the left. Sorry. (laughs) Okay, so it looks like we're going even deeper, I guess, into these catacombs. Who wants to be first? I'll (laughs) take the lead. Oh, okay. There you go. That's good. (laughs) Yes. So Urzek um, shimmies his big dragonborn body down into this trap door. (laughs) He... Moves ahead. It goes off to the left about 20 feet, and then it all of a sudden stops. Upon investigation, uh, Urzek pushes on the ceiling, and it's a hidden door that opens up. And you recognize the hallway as the hallway you were just in. Oh my god, are you kidding me? (laughs) They could have gotten away. Okay, this... (laughs) They totally, this person or people, we don't even know how many it is, could have just as easily gotten into the trap door while we were trying to get into this curtained area. And then when we went into the alcove, they totally just snuck up right behind us. I feel dumb. (laughs) With the lawmen back on their scent, how long do the fugitives have to feel safe? This one's not nearly as nice. There's only one rug. But it's a beautiful rug, gotta say. It's a beaut- It's a big rug. Yeah. Are there still candles and all that? And they were somehow lit even before we got here. <laughs> no. There's a few and I walk around and light them and stuff and I'm like, welcome to home number two. I'm sorry I got you kicked out of home number one. I didn't mean to. 
I turn around and I'm like, yeah, it's okay. It's the uh, beauty of the catacombs. Unlimited living space. People never stop dying. <laughs> she like turns around. She's very cavalier. So this is the first time I'm assuming that we've had like a face-to-face in the light that wasn't the catacombs, right? Mm-hmm. So I can see if she has her hood up or not, right? I can see her skin. Yeah, you can see clearly now that you're actually speaking a little more plainly with her. She's not trying to conceal herself. That she appears to have golden skin. Shining golden skin. <laughs> Shiny. Like Data from Star Trek. She catches me staring at her golden skin. And I'm like, I'm, I mutter under my breath, so pretty. <laughs> and I kind of like turn around and I pull my um, sleeves down and I'm like, yeah. And I, I look at, I turn and look at her and I'm like, so let's just say you didn't see that. And I'm going to not tell the police that I know where the missing kid is. See what? I saw nothing. That's what I thought. And I pull my hood down and I like pull my white hair forward and everything. So now you can see that I'm like gold and white hair and everything. And I'm uh, making more gross tea <laughs> in with my backup teapot. And um, I turn around and hand you another cup of really terrible tea. And I'm like, I'm an Eladrin. I don't know if you know what that is. The mercenary and mantles are on the scent of the fugitives. Can they find them? So it, it comes, the trap door opens up in the hallway that we were first in? Yes. Okay. Is it in one of the alcoves lining that hallway? It's near where you first heard that whooshing sound that prompted you to check down this alcove. Uh, to the curtained alcove. Is there only one way to go in this, either to the alcoves or to back where we came? It appears there's a set, uh, or actually, it's a, roll me a survival check. Both of us? Yeah, both of you. I crit myself. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. My di- I have never rolled a one with these dice. Let's, this is very upsetting. Let's make that twice. Let's actually, oh my god! I, you uh, both rolled ones. I we're rolled. A, I crit We this, are so useless. God, we're, we're never gonna Shit. find this. I um, I even switched die. <laughs> yeah, on a survival too. We're we're never gonna survive this. Yeah. So you you both, forget how to breathe. Yeah, you both come out of the the trapdoor exit and you are looking around. You're like, I've never seen this place before in my life. It doesn't look familiar to you at all. Oh, my God. But Urzek says, look, there are tracks going in this direction. And he. Well, thank God for Urzek. (laughs) Up in in front of you, it branches off to the left and to the right. And he's pointing to the right. He says, let's go this way. You got it. Um, hop out of that trap door. And... Yeah, let's go. Yeah. So he leads you along the passageways. He's can, able to keep track of whatever was running away. And as he's running uh, with you all, he's kind of shouting back. Uh, it seems like there's two of them. Oh. And one of them might be this halfling we're after. Cool. The prints are small. So. Okay. If this is who we're looking for. 
and this individual is the one that uh is making this uh, these undead sightings happen we may be able to kill two birds at once <laughs> oh you're getting it bud that, that was close yeah close enough <laughs> so you all continue running you run out of the catacombs you are back on the streets of Ilar's birth and so you are surrounded by tall monumental structures ancient structures and you're just kind of looking around at a, a quiet street there's not really a whole lot going on okay do the tracks have the tracks um started to fade or are they it appears that the tracks have faded now that you're out on a paved road but you might be able to find it with another investigation check okay, okay. and hopefully you all don't roll ones again <laughs> hoping no i got 21 okay. okay i rolled a six so okay agamir isn't able to discern anything but scar now that she's back in the uh it's uh, at it's dusk, but you're able to see that there are some prints made by the the dirt that was on the catacomb floor, and you're able to track it for quite a ways. You get to a park that has a wooded area, and there appears to be a crumbling building towards the back of the park. Okay, so uh, so the tracks are leading us into this building. Well, the tracks lead you to the park. Well, to the, but I mean, okay, so they're leading us to this park. I'm guessing that they're probably going to head for this building over here. So let's head in there, I guess. Yeah. After Drew's revealed her identity, Safina has some questions. An Eldrin, what's that? An Eldrin is someone who's born in a fey or a shade pocket. Oh, I hear that's really hard to come by. That only happens every so often, right? Uh, that's what they tell me. <laughs> so I turned around, I turn around and kind of start pulling some more books off of the shelf and I hand them to Seth and I'm like, and I'm like, here you go. I'm like, as far as I, I know, my mom just kind of wandered somewhere, had me, I happened to have golden skin and the government's been looking for me ever since. So that's my life story. Wow. My grandpa, he... He studied at the university. He was a teacher, too, and he explained to me what uh, Fae and Shade Pockets were. So I have a little bit of an understanding that, you know, it's not every day that you meet an Eldrin. So I'm honored. <laughs> like, I'm like, ah, You're so pretty. I kind of go back to flipping through other books and stuff. And um, I look up and I'm like, so what's with the gun? Oh, this little thing? I call it Cricket. Meanwhile, it's literally four feet long. It's about as tall as I am, and it's called Cricket. This is my Thunder Cannon. My grandpa taught me how to make these. With copious amounts of help from Urzek, Scar and Agamir have found the hideout of the fugitives. So are you all just going right to this building and trying to see what's going on with it? Or are you... I actually... So, so I have a suggestion um to to my fellow party members um whatever this person is i'm guessing that they're a magic user there's no way that you can make undead do anything unless you have some sort of magic so i want to check to see if i can feel any magic coming from anywhere in this area before we just go directly into the house because maybe 
they want us to think they went into the house and that they're maybe hiding out in any some of this wooded area. So I'm going to check for some arcana. That is a 17. You sense some dull magic coming from the building. All right. So going in the building. Yeah, there are no windows looking into it, and there's no uh, apparent point of ingress either. Hmm. At least not from where you're standing. So I guess let's kind of like investigate the building itself first. Are there any obvious, I'm trying to remember, are there any obvious doors or windows? There are not. Uh, So it looks like a lot of this building, the second story kind of crumbled, and the stones just lay where they were. There's a lot of overgrowth happening in front of the building from where you're standing, so you're not sure if there's anything behind that. You can't see it from inside of this park area. Okay. So, Scar, what do you say we one of us go left around the building, the others two go right, and we all meet in the back and let it, and see what we found? Okay. Um, you you and me go left and uh, what's his name? Er... er- Urzak. Urzak. Urzak, you want to go right? Yes, I should be able to handle myself. Okay. Okay. All right, so we do that. (laughs) All right. And should we roll an investigation for our our stroll? Yes, please. That's a nine. (laughs) That's an 11. (laughs) Okay. So you're just walking the perimeter. Are you walking close to the building or are you walking kind of a little bit away from the building. I'm like an arm's length away. I'm kind of on the outside. I'm looking up more so the wall and occasionally down just the alley around it. So it's more apparent when you get closer to the building, but there is past the underbrush that is surrounding the the face of the crumbling building. There does appear to be a a way to get in through some of the loose stones. Big enough for a medium-sized human. Should we wait for Urzak, or do you think we should just try to go in? Oh, you all see it at the same time. Oh, okay. As you got closer. Okay. All right, so let's go in. Let's... I'll lead the way. You got it. (laughs) Sounds good. So at this point, Urzak is going to kind of Try and stealth his way to look in and see what's going on. Try and scope out the situation. So he's kind of looking and he pulls back real quick and he goes, puts a finger up to his lips and says, shh. And he gestures for you to come and look as well. Okay. So we Do we need to roll stealth? Yes, please. All right. <laughs> so, um, that's a five. <laughs> unnatural 20. So you all... Go over Urzek's shoulders, and inside you see that there is a bed, a bookshelf, there's a small lit fire, a few like nightstands, and there are two figures, one medium-sized, one small. The small one appears to be the halfling you were chasing earlier, and the taller one appears to be a hooded figure. And at the moment that you all are looking, she pulls her hood back. And you see that she has golden shining skin. And it's at this point that Urzek stands up and shouts, There's the halfling we were looking for. 
And look, that's an Eladrin. That's her. She stole that child. Bro, I thought we were trying to be stealthy. Why are you yelling? She's a fugitive of the law. She has broken the laws of Ilar's birth and the Chamber of Twelve wants her head. Okay, well, we could have easily just taken her in without yelling and letting her know we're there. There's no way for her to get out. Drew runs over and she stands in front of Saf, kind of protecting her. And she turns around and she's like, look, I don't know you, but I'm feeling like weird. Like, I need to protect you. So just like stand behind me for a second. And then she turns back to the person screaming. (laughs) And she's like, and she's like, uh, if you want somebody, uh, you're going to have to go through me. Gladly. Dope. Let's do it. <laughs> uh, what children or who? Where's the child? What? So when he says, where's the child? I turn around <laughs> from behind Drew and I whip out my four foot long gun and I aim it at the dragonborn. Whoa, okay, this has escalated quickly. Let's all calm down for a second. Hey, uh, golden lady, (laughs) did you steal this child? What child? I don't know, you child. (laughs) I turned to Saf and I'm like, you the child, because she's very small. Just because I'm small doesn't mean I'm a kid. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, halfling, did this person steal you? No. Okay. That we've got that cleared up. We don't need to shoot anybody. <laughs> She's not a halfling napper. Okay. Halfling well, napper. golden lady, what are you? <laughs> I've got like uh I kind of pull my hood back over my like face and stuff and I'm like um and I'm like I'm nobody. I was just she came in. We uh, we're just talking, and you guys busted in, and here we are. So I think uh, we're done here, so you guys can go. Please get out of my house. Enough talking. I'm apprehending the fugitive. All just a big misunderstanding. We might have a mix-up here, bud. Urzek starts walking towards uh, Drew and Saf. Uh, Drew pulls out her dagger and aims it at him, like, like, stay away. Yeah, and I cock my thunder cannon. Don't resist. Okay, I mean, do we really need to 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 go to do this, uh, Urzak? Like, we don't even know if this person is who we're looking for, if she's a wanted fugitive. This person is a criminal. Her image is posted on all of these wanted posters all over the precinct. Surely you recognize her. Me? Nah. This is Drusilla. Who? The Eladrin. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> I walk up to... Zach and I'm like, hey, you know, I think we could probably resolve this without getting into a, a fistfight in this closet that we're in. <laughs> I don't intend to use my fists. Uh, uh, it's still with the phrases. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so what? How do we resolve this? What do we want to? Do? I mean, I you know, she says she didn't take her. Drew looks at. Nicole's character, because she doesn't know who that person is, but looks at that other guard. The female copper mantle. The female kappa mantle. And she's like, (laughs) and she's like, he's not here for for the halfling. He's here for me. And then she casts 
inflict wounds on him. Oh. Ooh. Ooh. That's a good place to end. That was dope as hell. You're welcome for that ending. <laughs> that was <Thanks>. awesome. <laughs> that was metal. Nice. Like... <laughs> so, thank you all for tuning in to this, the first true episode of the Village Idiots podcast. I had a great time DMing it. I hope that you had a great time listening to it. And I hope that the players had a great time playing it. Yes. Indeed. That's your cue to say yes, Dungeon yes, Master. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, Dungeon yes, master. master. No, not Yes, Master. We're not that type of podcast. <laughs> <laughs> that takes the role-playing aspect to a whole new level. So, uh, yeah, Nicole, can we be found on social media anywhere? We definitely can be. You can go to Twitter and find us at Village Idiot Pod. And uh, personally... You can find me at Nicole the Nerdy. You can find me at JRoma20. You can find me at Neurotic Good. You can find me at Village Idiots DM. And you can't find me. But that's. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if anyone has a question for Jordan slash Agamir, you can hit up the Village Idiots podcast uh, Twitter and. And we will relay your messages. <laughs> Write a note, put it in a hollowed out tree, and wait three days. <laughs> Don't forget to leave cookies. Seven to ten business days. <laughs> <laughs> Say Jordan's name three times in a mirror. Uh, we also have a website, www.thevillageidiotspodcast.com. It's just Village Idiots Podcast. Oh, villageidiotspodcast.com. No one says www. It's not 1999. Listen. HTTPS colon slash slash. Can't make a joke around the nerds. So thank you all again for tuning in. Hope you tune in next week. So yeah, that's it for us. Um, so long. Bye. Bye. Later. Bye. Okay, thanks. Bye.